Now, how many of you uh, would be honest today and say that you're already listening to Christmas music? I, I, I've heard I've heard the debates. Of course, it's it's raging on social media right now. When does Christmas start? Somebody said recently that Thanksgiving is the John the Baptist of holidays. It's just the predecessor of the greater one that's coming. So let's just separate the sheep from the wolves here. Who thinks that you should wait until after Thanksgiving to celebrate Christmas? Now, how many of you would say that it's fair game as soon as Halloween's over? There's a lot of division here. Uh, speaking of division, Election Day is Tuesday, so be sure to vote. <laughs> but the truth is, as you find your way uh, in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5, verse 18, that Thanksgiving, everybody say Thanksgiving, is more than a day where we gorge ourselves where we watch football and try not to say anything offensive to an in-law I don't even try though who am I kidding but instead what I really want to show you through the scripture over these next few weeks as we begin a new series that we're calling thanks and giving is that thankfulness and our ability to give both it, thanksgiving, and because of it, is a biblical command, and it's a necessary key to unlocking the potential that God has for us. How many of you believe that God has something great for you? Man, you may not be aware of it yet, but God has good things for you. But in order for us to see and experience the power of what God has for us, we've got to learn something about thanks. And giving, and so our key verse that we're going to be looking at in this series, we're looking at two portions of Scripture today. But first, I draw your attention to First Thessalonians chapter number five, verse number eighteen, and it says this: "In everything, give thanks." Now, it does not say in good things, give thanks. I don't think any of you won the Powerball last night. You're all here. Uh, in everything, give thanks. Why? For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. A lot of people wrestle with, what, what is the will of God for me? Well, Paul gives us one piece of the puzzle when he says, give thanks. Now look with me, one more portion of Scripture, and I'll let you be seated. Uh, we're gonna, we may come back to this uh, text a couple of times over the next few weeks. One of my favorite stories in the scriptures, because there's so much here, it's in Luke chapter number 17. When I was traveling, raising funds uh, to plant Freedom Church, uh, I preached from this text all the time. It's my favorite text. Matter of fact, the very first time I ever met Jim in person, uh, we were at, at dinner. We had gotten connected online, and he said, listen, I, I could preach your sermon where the nine word for word. I've heard it so many times watching you on the Internet which was uh, a little bit offensive and encouraging all at the same time. <laughs> Luke chapter number 17, it says, Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And then as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And as they lifted up their voices 
and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourself to the priest. And, and so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet. And here's the key now. Giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered, said, Were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Or as the King James Version puts it, Your faith has made you whole. And so on this first message of our thanks and giving message, I want to preach to you on this thought. Whole for the holidays. Whole for the holidays. We know about going home for the holidays. But I believe that God wants to reveal some things in the Scripture to us about how we can be whole for the holidays. Would you put your Bibles down if you have it in your hand there? Bow your head, close your eyes, and ask God to speak to us through His Word. Lord, we love you. We're thankful for your presence that's here in this place today, your touch that we feel. I pray, God, that while we know your Word is always anointed, that you would anoint me as I deliver it and anoint every heart to receive it. Give us eyes that hear what you would have to say today. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Just for um, confession's sake, we're already listening to a little bit of Christmas music around our house. Now, i got to tell you something. It's a truth that we must all embrace, both to get from what I would say today, but also just as we approach the Word of God. God does not give suggestions. He gives commands. The Bible is not filled with a lot of good ideas for us to consider. But the Bible gives us commands that we are to obey. But let's be honest right now, not all of those commands are easy for us to obey. In fact, most of them are not very easy to obey. It's not all that easy for us when Jesus says, turn the other cheek. I don't want to turn the other cheek. I want to return the favor. Somebody say amen. <laughs> but one of the best examples of this truth that God gives us commands to obey is found in the conversation that serves as the backdrop for our text today the healing of the lepers in Luke 17. But it is not found in that portion of text that I read in verse number 11. But instead, go back with me to verse number 3 of Luke chapter number 17. Very hard command for us to obey. Jesus says to His disciples, Take heed to yourselves. If your brother sins against you, rebuke him. Now that I can do. But then it says, And if he repents... Forgive him. Now, I was not there when Jesus is speaking to his disciples that day. They've not made an episode on the chosen about it yet. And so maybe soon enough I'll have a better image. But I can imagine when Jesus speaks these words that what he hears from the disciples is, Okay, if my brother says I'm sorry, if he repents, forgive him. I can do that. 
Yes, Lord. Amen. It was like very loud, the amen corner, I'm sure. But he doesn't stop there. Then he says, and if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, here's a command now, you shall forgive him. And at this point, the Bible says, and Luke says, and the apostles said to him, Lord, increase our faith. <laughs> like, I was with you when you said forgive him, but then what if, if he's doing it seven times a day, then I'm going to come, and he comes to me. At some point, I've got to say, Lord, this guy is not really sorry for what he's doing. This is the seventh time today. And so their response is, Lord, increase our faith. We're like, we need a move of God right now to help us. But notice what God says. So the Lord said, if you have faith as of a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up from the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would, would obey you. And which of you... Because now we like that verse, like, hey, I got, I just need a little bit of faith. I'm gonna start walking around, commanding this to be removed, commanding my taxes to be lowered, commanding my weight to go down, all of those things. Like, I got just a little bit of faith, huh? But then he says this, and this is the key to what he had just said. And which of you, having a servant plowing or tending sheep, will say to him when he has come to the field, come at once and sit down to eat? But he, will he not rather say to him, prepare me something for my supper and gird yourself and serve me until I have eaten and drunk and afterwards you will eat and drink? Does he, does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? This is the question that Jesus is asking. Does, does the master say to the servant, hey, thanks for making me that meal. Now the husband better say it to the wife. He says, no, no, follow along with me here. He says, does he thank the servant because he did the things that were commanded? Jesus said, I think not. Jesus had a little bit of an attitude right there, it sounds like. I think not. But notice what he says now here. Likewise, you, when you have done all those things which you were commanded, say we are unprofitable servants, we have done what is our duty to do? And so the disciples, they are confronted with the command so challenging for them, so hard for them to wrap their, their heads and their minds around that they immediately begin to pray, Lord, increase our faith. Give me some more faith so I can do what you are commanding me to do. And Jesus is saying, you have all the faith that you need. Your problem isn't faith, it's flesh. Jesus said, if you understood that what I'm saying to you in this moment is not a suggestion, it's a command. And if you would understand that what I'm saying is a command and you would begin to respond to that, uh, uh, that command, the only response that is appropriate for you is obedience. So he said, you've got to obey. This is one of those commands. It's hard for me to obey, but if God tells me to do something, I've got to do it even when it's hard. Somebody say, even when it's hard. Here's a truth you got to understand. It's our duty, Jesus said, to obey the Word of God. We've got to do it. It may be hard. We've still got to do it. It may there, Our flesh may rise up from time to time, but we've got to do it. Here's what he would say. Uh, he would say it this way in Luke 6, 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and you don't do the things which I say? Now that is not a very encouraging message. 
Why are you saying that I'm your Lord? Why are you saying that I'm fo- that you're following me, but you're not obeying the commands that I say? Lord, we're going to need some more faith. You're going to have to touch us. You're going to have to do something for us. We can't do what you've just told us to do. And Jesus says, no, you just need more obedience. That is the backdrop for what is about to unfold beginning in verse number 11. What was our text today? When suddenly, while they're having this conversation, stay with me now as I lay this foundation, ten lepers show up and they're crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And there's so much about this text that I love to preach. But what I really want you to focus on this afternoon is that after Jesus gave them this command that seemed impossible for them, To forgive your brother seven times a day if he asked it. It seemed impossible for them to fulfill it without some kind of supernatural faith. Suddenly, ten lepers come to them asking Jesus for healing. And Jesus gives them a command. He says, go show yourselves to the priest. And when Jesus utters this command, this, this declaration to, the, to these lepers, there is no immediate supernatural experience. It's not like Jesus spoke it and they got the faith to do it. They just suddenly respond. It's like they can't even stop themselves. Uh, it's like their feet are going one foot in front of another. Like they don't even know how they're going. No, 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 no. That's not what happens. Jesus gives them a command, and that command at that moment brings with it no identifiable change in their lives and this is important for us in order to get what I want to preach to you today and over these next few weeks the Bible says as they went as they obeyed what God had told them to do they were healed it was as though Jesus was saying to his disciples when they were confronted with this incredibly difficult command that sometimes you have to obey even when you don't feel anything even when you don't sense anything changing in your life. But, he says, if you will obey, there is power in your obedience. I've got to just preach to you for a few moments and tell you there is a power that is unlocked in your life and in your future when you are confronted with the Word of God and you say, whatever it says, I will do it. You say you want more faith. Jesus just said, no, what you really need is more action. And if you will respond with obedience, God says, I will respond and I'll move. Sometimes God is just waiting on us to obey His commands in order for us to see His hand at work in our lives. We're praying, God, I want you to give me a word. I want you to give me direction. I want you to do this for me. I want you to do that for me. And Jesus is looking at us and saying, I've given you a whole bunch of words, 66 books of words, and you're ignoring most of those. And why are you trying to get me to say something else? I'm telling you today, what we've got to do to experience the power of God in our lives is say, I am willing to obey whatever God tells me to do. Because hear me now, the enemy knows. That if he can keep you stationary, he can keep you sick. He can keep you bound. He can keep you just the way that you are. But if you are willing to obey God's word, whatever it says, then there is something powerful that happens in your life. When you start to look at God's word and you say, whatever it tells me to do, I'll I'll do it. That's the place where the miracles happen. In fact, we see it in the Gospels. The very first time a a statement like that is uttered, it's out of the mouth of Mary, Jesus' mother, when she looks at the servants and she says, whatever he tells you to do, you do it. 
And right after she said that, the very first miracle that's recorded in the Bible happens. There is something miraculous that happens in our lives when we say, whatever God tells me to do, I'll do it. Whatever He tells me to do, I'm going to do it. In God's commands, there are no exceptions. We must obey. But also, another truth that we must understand about God's commands is that in the command, there is the ability for us to fulfill the command. That if we are willing to say yes to God's word and what He tells us to do, He will give us the power to fulfill what the command says. In the Gospel of John, He goes to the man who's there uh, bound uh, at the pool of Bethesda, rise, take up your bed, and walk. It was a man who had no power in him of himself to take up his bed and walk. But when he decided, I'm going to obey what God tells me to do, suddenly he had strength that he did not have before, and he was able to pick up his bed and walk. Peter, come on out of the boat. Step out of the boat. Come out to the water. Peter, he could not walk on water, but when he decided that he was going to obey the Word of God, suddenly he had power to do something that he did not have before. In the Old Testament, God said to the priest, put your foot in the water. And once you put your foot in the water, the waters are going to part. It took them responding in obedience. And suddenly what they had no strength to do before, they were able to do us over and over again. When you make up your mind that you're going to obey the word of God, God will give you the strength to obey what he said. And so we've got to embrace that truth because... What Jesus is about to tell us to do, we need God's strength for it. Notice what the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, verse number 12, reading from the New Living Translations. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. Notice this now, for God is working in you, somebody say in me, giving you the desire, somebody say me the desire, to do and the power to do what pleases Him. He says that God is working in you to give you the desire to do and the power to do what He is commanding you to do. Without God working in us, giving us the desire and giving us the power to do what His Word tells us to do, then we would all fail miserably. But when we understand that we need Him and that we invite Him into our lives and we say, I'm going to obey what your Word tells me to do, then God will begin to work with you to do what He said to do. But here's what you got to understand. God works in you and with you, but He will not do it without you. God isn't, God's never going to make you obey Him. God's never going to make you love your enemy. God's never going to make you forgive somebody. But with every command that we are willing to obey, God will give us the strength to obey it. And so here they are in, in Luke 17. They are, they are confronted with this truth. Jesus says, just do what I say. Just listen to me. Just forgive them. Don't ask for more faith. Just do what I said. That suddenly these ten men who are very sick and who are very desperate, they come to Jesus and they're crying out, Lord, have mercy on us. And Jesus gives them a command. They do not ask questions about it. They do not... Uh, ask them what to expect. 
They just simply obeyed. They went. They trusted that if God had given them a command, that there was a reason for the command and that it was good for them. Let me tell you something. The commands of God are good for you. God doesn't have things in His Word to hold us back, to restrict us, to keep us back. But if God has something in His Word that He asks you to do, it is for your good. God knows what He's doing in our lives. And so they said, okay. And they went. And the Bible says, as they went, they were healed. In their process of obedience, in their willingness to put one foot in front of another, God began working in their lives. And He began doing something for them and in them that they could not do on their own because they were willing to obey. You see, in order to be whole, we need three things. The first thing that we need is obedience. Everybody say obedience. So all of that was just the foundation for this series. (laughs) Obedience. Am I willing to do what God says, even when it's hard? And it's a question we must ask because what God is asking us to do in giving thanks in all of our circumstances is not going to be easy. But as we look at this text in Luke 17, and I I won't preach but just for a few moments longer. The Bible says that that something happens in this story that happens in our lives. Because we have all, if we are here today and we've had some kind of experience with God, we've had those moments where we put faith and trust in Him and we've begun to obey what He told us to do. And we've begun to see the work of God in our lives. If we are not careful, these ten men, they go and they are healed as they went. There were nine men who learned to be a taker, but never learned to be a giver. They took the healing, they took the blessing, but then they kept walking. If we're not careful, we can get this mindset in our lives. We want to be blessed, but we don't want to be a blessing. We want God to give us things, but we don't want to give God anything. And don't get nervous. I'm not talking about money. I'm not about to take up an offering. But one man, the Bible says, is different from the other nine. Because as he's walking, the Bible says that he saw that he was healed. He saw that God was doing something in his life. He saw that there was a way that God was working in him, that something was different, that that God was moving in some kind of new way. And the Bible says that immediately this man, he turned back and he ran back to Jesus. The Bible says in verse number 15, if you'll pull it up on the screen there, in verse number 15, he turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. He recognized what happened. He didn't just obey. There was obedience. But then there was this second thing that we've got to have in our lives if we're going to experience wholeness for the holidays, if we're going to get to the place where we are thankful and can give that thanks. The second thing that he had in his life was awareness. Somebody say awareness. He recognized that God was doing something. You want to know why we struggle with thankfulness in our lives? Because we are, we are aware of the wrong things all the time. We look around and see what we don't have. 
We look around and see the prayers God hasn't answered. We look around and we see the problems. We spend more time watching the news than we do looking around at our friends and family. We, we are focused on the wrong things. There is not an awareness in our lives. We don't stop and pause to consider the goodness of God and the mercy of God in our lives. And so what happens is it drains the thankfulness from us because we focus on the wrong things things. We are distracted. And when we get distracted, we get discouraged. Can I tell you that if you always look at negative things, you're going to be a negative person. If you're always watching negative news, you're going to have a negative outlook on the world. I kind of have this practice, this thing I like to do. And I'm not going to get political, so don't get nervous. But I like to, uh, when something's happening, I like to flip back and forth between a couple of news stations. So the other night, President Biden was speaking. And so I turned it on CNN, wanted to read the headline at the bottom. Or it's not the headline, whatever it's called at the bottom. And then I turned to Fox News and I read it there. And there's a total different narrative. One, Biden hates the country. The other one, Biden is the savior of the country. <laughs> Maybe that's not exactly what it was, right? But the truth of the matter is this. We can be focused on the wrong places and we can get the wrong message. If we focus only on the problems, we'll start to get the message that, sudden, that, that God's not working in our lives. If we're focusing on the things th th that are going wrong all the time, we will never get to the place where we are able to appreciate what God has done and what is going right in our lives. So I tell you that if you're going to experience the wholeness, the Bible says that this man makes it to Jesus, and Jesus spoke wholeness over his life. He, 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 he completed a work that, that this man could have never done in his life, but it began with his obedience, and then it was furthered by his awareness you will never experience the wholeness that God wants for your life if you are not aware of what God is doing if you cannot focus on what God is doing the enemy wants to keep you distracted and wants to keep you discouraged and I got to tell you there's always something bad to look at somebody say amen you focus on all the bad stuff in your spouse you're going to think you got a bad spouse but if you focus on the good things, sometimes you got to look really hard. Not me. I mean, not me, of course. I don't have to look hard at all. <laughs> you focus on all the bad things at your job, let's go with that instead of spouse. <laughs> You'd be like, I got a terrible job. But you focus on the fact that there's people that don't have one. And suddenly your perspective begins to change. I tell you, I challenge you that you've got to be aware that God is at work in your life. That while everything may not be as you want it to be yet, it is not what it used to be. Because I want to be thankful and I want to be able to give that thanks. So I've got to be aware of the goodness of God. But this man, no, 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 no. He was aware that God had done something in his life as Brother Mike comes to the music. So I ask you this question, when was the last time that you stopped and considered the good things happening in your life? Spiritually, financially, physically, emotionally? When was the last time that you turned off the noise and you considered the good things? Some people in this season, they do a gratitude challenge. Maybe it would be good for each of us. To every day stop and consider one thing that you're thankful for. Here's the thing about gratitude, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about this in another message. Gratitude isn't so much an attitude as it is an action. 
Now, it can be an attitude, but, you know, you can have an attitude that doesn't influence your actions. But the way that it becomes an action is you've got to do it. It has to be practiced. And you can get better at it. You can get better at being thankful. And so this man, he was focused. He saw what was happening. And when he realized that he had been given a healing, he said, I've got to pause. I've got places to go, things to do, people to see. But I've got to pause, and I've got to give something back to the one who has given me so much. See, the power of things is really unlocked when we give it. We've got to give it. See, you can think good things about God, but if you don't ever give it to Him, then it limits the power of that. You can think good things about your spouse, but if you don't ever tell it to Him, it limits the power of that thing. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Sometimes we got to speak out loud. God has been good to me. God has been merciful. God has given me health and strength and life and blessing. He's been better to me than I deserve. I'm going to focus on the good things so that I can then give something back to God because there's something that happens when I give it back. The Bible says of that man something that it does not say about any of the others. It says he was whole. He was made whole. And I tell you that while it's hard sometimes to be thankful, if we can give thanks, it'll bring a wholeness to us that we would have never experienced otherwise. Stand with me all over the house. So buckle up over these next few weeks. It's hard. The commands of God to obey are hard sometimes. But they are there for our good. God knows that if you can learn the power of thanks and giving, that it will unlock wholeness that you would have never experienced otherwise. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I believe the power of the Word of God is connected to our ability and our willingness to respond to it. And so the way I'm going to ask you to respond right now in this moment is to first make a commitment to God. I'll obey what you tell me to do. And in this instance, I'm going to obey being 